Welcome to the Small Business Cheerleader Podcast. I'm Nicola Willis from NW Marketing, the Small Business Cheerleader. And I'm here today joined by Yael Keon from well, Email Marketing. You're a personal brand. And we're going to talk all about email marketing for small business. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. We are talking small business owners new to marketing and how email marketing can become a huge part of them building their business and creating and nurturing those customers new to their well new to their business. So we're going to talk firstly about why email marketing and why it's important to be part of an overall marketing strategy. So introduce yourself and let's get chatting about email marketing. Yes. Hi, I am Yale and I have become very email marketing obsessed over the years. I think it perfectly combines my, um, you know, creative side with all my um, strategic problem solving techie side. Um, But I did begin life as a general marketing strategist. I've been in the marketing industry for 20 years, which makes me feel really, really old. Um, But as I started my own uh, business, my own marketing consultancy, Um, I did start general and just the more and more I talked about it, the more and more people wanted to know about email. So I lent into it and I mean, I love it. Absolutely love it and can talk talk anyone's ear off about it. And that is for a few key reasons. Um, I guess one of, yeah, one of the biggest things that come up is people just thinking, you know, it's old fashioned or I don't want to be annoying and all of this sort of stuff. But to me, the stats don't lie. And email marketing is the highest converting of all the online marketing strategies. I know Campaign Monitor showed that I think it's for every dollar you invest in email marketing, you get $44 back in your pocket. Um, Now, there is a caveat to that. You have to actually be sending emails. Um, You can't just create a MailChimp account and, and, you know, hope that all the money is going to be rolling in. Um, But it just goes to show it is still as relevant as ever. Um, just the way we use it, of course, changes as technology changes, as, as user needs change. And I kind of see it as fitting in that in-between space. So things like advertising and SEO and social media are very much in that attraction stage of the sales funnel, you know, your content marketing, all that stuff that's out there that's there to build your audience. Um, and further down the sales funnel, of course, you've got is when you're trying to convert people to sales, where you've got your promotions, your launches anything else going on. Email marketing, I find, really bridges the gap between all of that. It gives some an easy first step for your audience to take from social media, from ads, wherever, to get onto your list and into your world so you can nurture them, engage with them, learn about them, provide awesome value, and then be able to convert them to sales. And so whenever you do have something to sell, you've got an audience ready there and waiting without worrying about will they even see it and all of that other stuff. Yeah, 100%. And I think people forget that um, you do need to nurture your leads, um, those people that do find you on socials. They need to become part of your well, your online family, and that involves email marketing. I know myself, uh, email marketing is where a lot of my conversions happen because they have either been part of my world for a long time and they've warmed up enough to then want to be part of one of the programs or they have been clicking on links that have been within the emails and, you know, finding out more. It's all about finding out more about you and email gives them a great way to do that 
and they feel like they're hidden in a little way because they can do it. They Some of them don't realise that we can see where they're clicking and we know yeah. what they're doing, but it does give them a sense of um, in their own time they can find out this information about us. And we were also talking uh, before um, we got on the podcast about being proactive and email allows you to be proactive in regards to that and also melding your online with your socials into your email database. So growing that database. How do you find that that um, what's a good starter for helping to build or grow a database list if you don't have one to begin with? Yeah, if you don't have one to begin with, I definitely um, the first step is I always just ask you to think about the value you're providing your email list. So there are really two levels. The first level is, okay, just that those emails that you are going to intend to send every single week, whether it's of your blog content, podcast content, or just something you just write exclusively for your list. What is that value you are going to provide? And I can give some ideas um, in a little bit, but things, reasons for them to sign up that aren't just going to be okay, so you're going to get a special offer. <laughs> you know, I don't want to know about just special offers. I want insights. I want help with a, a problem I'm having. I want some motivation. I want some love, whatever it is. Um, and thinking of the re- that reason and try to present that as, you know, a way for people to sign up. Say, if you want to get help with, then this is the place to do it. And I love, I don't like calling it a newsletter or, or, or to sign up or to subscribe. Give it a fun name, like your club or your insiders or VIPs, whatever it is, and say, become one of these, become part of this community and you will get this. That's a base level if if the whole idea of list building and everything totally freaks you out. But of course, the level above that is having some sort of lead magnet or um, an opt-in incentive, which is just basically a gift you give in exchange for the email address. Because let's be honest, an email address has value. It is basically a form of currency. People are protective of their email addresses. So giving, offering something in exchange for it. So typically these will be kind of like PDF documents. Like in the old days, it used to be like huge big eBooks and all that sort of stuff. I personally believe you're better off with something that's quick and actionable and give someone a quick win instead of just sitting in the downloads folder, gathering virtual dust, having something, um, you know, a swipe file, something that's quick and actionable for them um, to download. They get something out of it and it's that entry point into your world. Or other examples are things like quizzes or masterclasses or or boot camps. You know, you can go all in on this or you can just start simple um, with some sort of lead magnet. And then that is what you will continually offer people and where you will always be pointing people to from your socials. So in your bios, in your pinned banners, uh, your pin posts, in your banners, um, in your highlights, you'll mention it every week in your stories. You'll um, just mention it in your um captions whatever you're not actively doing some other engagement or some other selling like you're always reminding people this is a way to come deeper into my world and you will be rewarded for it because you will get all this amazing value yeah because people forget that their email list is also an asset to their business should they ever sell their business Mm -hmm. those emails at the very least are sometimes worth five dollars an email in exchange when you're doing Facebook ads, you know, yep. when you're looking at your conversion rate, they can cost you $5 to get each of those emails. So it's something that is not just or shouldn't be put to the side. It should form a major part of your strategy because of that mm-hmm. fact that it is tangible, you do own it, and it is something that can be sold with your business going forward uh, because it is so valuable. And 
And we know what it's like when Instagram goes down. That happened last year and everyone lost their mind and started really um, addressing the email database side of their business. And also the algorithms are so weird. And we talk about social media changing the goalposts every five minutes, it seems, Mm -hmm. what they expect from us and how we can be seen. Whereas we are in control of our email strategy and how we show up in front of our um, our customers or prospective customers. So do you find that that's becoming more and more um, prevalent now with all these changes in algorithm, et cetera? Yeah, so definitely, obviously, since they stopped the chronological newsfeed, basically, in Instagram is when, you know, email became more and more prominent because that is a chronological feed. And then every single email, but unless you have some big spam issue, will go to someone's inbox or at least their promo folder and they will have the choice whether they're going to open it or not. It's up to the user. So that's why we see average open rates of about 20%, 21% according to MailChimp. Of course, we always try to go above average, but that's the that's the average. Whereas we look at the average engagement rate of, um, of Instagram, which is like clicks and comments and likes, and that's like 1.6% of followers. So 16 out of every 1,000 versus 213 of every 1,000. I know where I want to invest my time. Yeah. And then I'm even just thinking like last week, was it last week or the week before I put out a post, nothing salesy, something purely communi- community-based, something that I thought would have got engagement um, because it was on just, you know, a feel-good topic and it was timely. It was to do with um, Global Accessibility Awareness Day, nothing there. Mm. The views on that were abysmal because it was a static post. And Instagram, because Instagram wants you to do reels and dance around in your pajamas, in your lounge room and spend an hour (laughs) producing a piece of content when I can spend 10 minutes writing an email and, you know, and how many dozens times more people will see it. (laughs) You know, I know where I want to invest my time. It doesn't mean there's no room for that because you always want to be engaging with your audience in different ways so they see you in different places and creating connections that way and also growing your list. But I know where I want to put my time (laughs) and it's where people are going to see it and not change how it all works. No, because I mean, that's the overwhelm that comes, doesn't it, with marketing. Uh, It's trying to be in, I mean, you and I have both been in marketing for over 20 years and we know that back in the day, it was a much simpler level of getting your funnel together. Whereas now the platforms are so varied and so real and it's so hard to know where to put your time. And that can it can transcend into overwhelm where you do nothing mm-hmm. and you just think it's just all too hard and yep. you see these people that look like they're killing it online and you're like, well, I need to be creating this, that and the other. You need to be aware of it all and know where your people are. If your people are responding to you on your emails and it looks like your conversions are coming from there, well, then that's where you need to nurture them more so and continue to do it. If you, you know, spending hours per week creating content, but your people are not really there or they're not seeing it, it just seems like um, that overwhelm will get you eventually. Yeah. And it's just, I, I just think about it as an investment. So when you invest time in social media, you know, how, how, what's the lifetime of that post? It's very limited versus an email okay at least generally someone will check once in the 24 hours so maybe that's got an over you know a like a shorter lifespan but also when it comes to email and things I haven't even touched on automations and having emails that are set up based on if your subscribers take certain actions that can live on for years with just a small amount of work put in so 
if time is a factor, which let's be honest, it is for everyone, really, you know, I think I'm better off investing my time in email as the priority and then this other stuff as additional um, versus the other way around. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think a lot of people are starting to come to that realisation because of all the constant goalposts being changed and trying to keep up with their their clients' needs. And I think that's the value-driven email strategy is an important one because people do want that quick win. Like you said, they want to see the value of getting something that they can action and and getting to know you more. Um, You can get through the written word uh, just as well as you can on the other side of things and not get lost amongst all the noise. I mean, as we know, it comes down to automations. It comes down to your subject line, um, you know, testing. There's so much... Uh, um, you can do to make sure that the variables are in your favor. And I think that that's something that people forget to, like you said, the automations are there. If people sign up to your lead magnet, you can put them into an email nurture sequence. And then if they click on this link, they go to a different nurture sequence. It's a lovely process that behind the scenes for tech nerds, it's just amazing because you can really see how you are driving people and how you are helping them in their search for whatever knowledge it is they're trying to get from you and I love that I'd love going into the back end of my email and seeing what people are doing where are they clicking what are they doing what do they like what is it that I'm putting out there that's getting the most response and then making actions on that Absolutely. And that's that's often a, a forgotten part is the fact that you get so much data, so much information, you get a direct line to them, you can ask questions and they'll reply without fear of everyone on the internet seeing it. Um, and you can get start a lot of personal conversations that way. Um, and you can just really learn about your audience and respond to them and test ideas without fully committing to them, without with the full campaign. So many things you can do. Um, but again, like with anything, as soon as you start talking about this stuff, it can get overwhelming. You think, okay, there's so much, so much that I can do that I should be doing. So I do just want to remind everyone while we're talking about all these advanced strategies, you don't only need to start with that first email. You don't need to have a million layers and just put in one one email at a time is what I say. And you don't even have to do any of that automation to start off with. No. You can just send one email every week, every fortnight, every month, whatever it is, as long as it's consistent, isn't it? It's the consistency that builds a relationship. They just don't want you to send a salesy email all the time and that's it. Yep. No value-driven, no building, no nurturing, just sales. That's when people will unsubscribe because there is no value. There's nothing in it for them because they can see that you're only using them as a tool to make sales. And that's not how relationships are built these days. We know that. So that brings me to the point of what do we write? What do we put in our emails um, that doesn't sound salesy? Where can we start so that we're not, you know, basically ignoring email for the fear of it being sales? Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is selling through emails is okay. <laughs> I will put that there. People are not dumb. When they sign up for a list, they know they're going to get sold to eventually, especially if they sign up to a list. I'm not sure if you've got like e-commerce people in your audience. If someone signs up to your list asking for a 10% off discount code, they're there to buy, you know, so you're helping them by telling them, I recommend these products or this is how you use them, all of that. So there's absolutely nothing wrong. So we do have to remember why someone signed up to your list in the first place when we're thinking about this, because there's definitely a hesitancy for people to sell when it's actually perfectly legitimate to do so. But having said that, definitely, we don't want to be, especially the more into service and information-based niches, 
you want to be showing up with value so people get that engagement, they learn to trust you, they learn to, to um, you know, understand concepts that maybe they didn't understand before. Um, so we want to be sending, you know, regular value-driven content out. Um, and I think actually by emailing more, we kind of forced to think outside that box. If we go, oh, I'm only going to email once a month, it's easy to go, you know, oh, okay, that's a sales email <laughs> because it's only once a month. But all of a sudden, if we're doing it every week, we don't want to do it. And it actually compels us to actually think outside the box. So I have, I talk about general six different categories of content that people can send that's not salesy. The first one is, of course, helpful information. So this is what you would probably find traditionally in blogs or on podcasts or on YouTube videos, whatever. So, and you can just send them those if you want. But something that's helpful, top tips, X steps to do something. Um, yeah, how to do something, you know, in different little guides like that. The second one is stories. And stories are so, so powerful when it comes to any form of marketing. So you can use stories from your own life. You can talk about your clients um, or past customers, or you can just use metaphors <laughs> on, on different things and how to link one thing to another. Um, so for example, um, in my world, I talk, I'm netball coaching <laughs> my daughter's netball team and I've never done anything like this before apart from being many years playing and now um, I have to think about how am I going to teach a bunch of seven-year-old girls how to play netball <laughs> and the idea you know, I can't come up with any ideas so talking through that I can go well what I found worked for me was coming up with themes okay this week we're going to focus on attacking or leading or defending and as soon as you've got a theme as soon as you've got a, an, an idea you can convert that into you can't, all of a sudden, it's so much easier to come up with ideas and specific drills or whatever. So that's an example of a simple story you can use to explain a concept. And it's a whole email right there. And it's useful. People get a takeaway. Yeah. Uh, the third type is motivational um, content. So this is where you could share some success stories and case studies. It could just be um, giving a bit of a pet talk um, and just, you know, a warm hug in the inbox or providing even some tough love, you know, just saying, you know what, if you really want change, you have to do this. Fourth one is insider knowledge. And I love this one. If you were seen as an expert in your industry, sharing anything that's going on in the industry in terms of trends, um, you can talk about current events, you can talk about like software feature releases, and your job is basically translating what's going on to them in layman's terms. Fifth one is behind the scenes stuff. So how you create your stuff. Um, you know, if you make products showing photos of your hands in there making the products so people see okay this is a lot more valuable than whatever Kmart has um so aspirational stuff comes under here as well um I think Denise Duffield Thomas does this really well she shares a lot of aspirational stuff about you know having a team in a home and doing all of this stuff but she also has the flip side on relatable content talking about like mum life on all struggles with ADHD and stuff like that that might not be directly related to her offering, but it shows she's a real person and connects to people in different ways. And then finally, number six um, is opinion pieces. So this is where you're going to uh, feel free to have a little bit of a rant. Talk about your opinion if you're against the grain on anything in your industry, if you see things differently, sharing those insights there. So I'll recap those again in case you missed it. So it's helpful information, stories, motivation, insider knowledge, behind the scenes and opinion pieces. Um, and my recommendation is to choose two buckets out of that. You don't have to do all of them. Choose yes. two that suit your personality, what you like to talk about, suits your business, and use them as your go-to type of content. 
Yeah, I love that. And and I people forget too that they're intermingled. So what I used to do was I do an IG live, which you know didn't take a lot of time. I could do 20 minutes of an IG live. Then I would write a caption for that and put that up um, as a video on Instagram. Then I would take that caption and repurpose that for my email. And I would put a link to the video if they wanted to watch more. And it drove traffic um, between the two and it allowed them to, allowed me to have themes for the week or information of content that was, you know, consistent across platforms. And I think you could then, you know, obviously turn that into a blog for your website. And that having, like you said, the content buckets of such that you know what you're writing allows you to then create that, repurpose that and allows you to have it across all platforms. Have you yeah. have you done that with your emails as well? A lot Definitely, of the time? yeah, all about the repurposing. If I'm creating a bit of content, I'm sending out to every week, do podcast, that goes out as an email as well as extra stuff. Um, I also repurpose in terms of like, automations so I even have like a content funnel in place which is after the welcome series but before they get my normal emails which has got like the best of tour of things that I've used before whether it's public content or just emails I've sent before you can and and then yeah you can share them on social media or you can go um, and do it even resend an email a year later, people don't even remember. <laughs> so you can do so much. So yeah, because we, we do that with our socials. I mean, nobody ever remembers, you know, stuff you did six months ago and you just repurpose it with a different image or a different um, slant and people don't need to be as overwhelmed with content creation because they've got to remember that a lot of it is repurposed or a lot of it is um, reshared because of that fact a lot of the videos or ig lives that i've done over the years i can repurpose those and put those on many platforms and and i think people still then get a vision of what i look like and sound like um as opposed to what I, my written word is like. And I think all of that's very important because a lot of people have worked with me because they've got an email then, well, they had a, a free you know, lead magnet that went to the nurture sequence, but then they got to the podcast and they're like, oh, I like the sound of her. So the whole, you know, the process Everything is works what together. Yeah, and, it's the whole um, work together. And, yeah, so the key is, and it actually works a lot better that way, um, using the same things throughout because otherwise you can just really dilute your message and it gets really, really confusing. So I compare it to like, you know, a violin in the corner of a cafe where some, you know, it could sound really nice and you might stop and listen, but it's only that one area. But if you all of a sudden, if you had like a whole orchestra there, <laughs> you got your violin section, your drumming section, your this and that playing this song because socials is doing the same thing as blogs, as it's doing to email, as doing to... Yeah. to video, whatever, all of a sudden you're going to pay attention. <laughs> you're going to notice, yeah. you know, and really like have to stop what you're doing um, because that's going on. So that's how I kind of, you yeah. know. And, um, and, I, and I love so. the fact if I do all three things over a week, I can see the amount of different people, the people from the database I know haven't seen it on socials and vice versa. So yeah. you're really sort of putting all your ducks in a row and making sure that you're you're collecting them all along the way. And I love that too. Yeah. Um, I just think it's it's great not to be, as you said, not to be salesy, but to make sure that you know that selling is why you're there. 
and you're there to actually help people with the service or the product that you have. So I think making sure you're not focused 100% on constantly selling, but selling in disguise through value and content and everything that you have that enables you to be an authority in that industry is what it's all about. Your podcast, your blog, your socials, and then making sure your emails, because it's just so important to pop up. Yes, they might not read it all the time, but you're popping up in that email inbox. And that is just as important sometimes keeping top of mind and your subject line may day or one day might get through to where they're at. And yep. you've got to remember sometimes, you know, people are just, they're on their own time schedule and it might be 18 months later and they're like, Oh shit, that's right. She does that. Yep. And an email pops up and they're like, bang, I've done that with courses, with programs, with masterminds for coaches I've followed for 18 months. And I'm at a time now where, Oh, I need to do online uh, course so I need to learn more. You get an email that pops up, bang, you know, yep, done, sold. They know, they know they're familiar with you. They yeah, know that you've you. been they around. And yeah. yeah, I get the same, like people who have been like joining my programs who have been on my list for at least three years. And I can't go further than that because I swap systems, but I'm just like, okay, you were there with me on the old one. And I haven't even spoken to you before. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm ready now. And that's just... It just, it really is freaky when you can go to the back end and obviously there's things, you know, tags and things that you can have with your, your um, database. And you would look at the tags and you think, oh, that was a program I did two years ago. And that was a thing I down and they're still downloading now. And you're like, well, that's great. That means that what I'm putting out there is having an impact and keeping people interested. And yes, the, the, the other thing that I want people to understand, um, losing followers is not a bad thing. Losing subscribers is not a bad thing. It just means that you're now more targeted to people who are interested in what it is you do because you want to have an open rate or, or um, a receival rate of people who really want what you do. You know, not the vanity, vanity metrics, I find, because that does that affect your algorithm for your um, email? You know, when you've got a list that's not engaged? Yes, so um, there's this thing called sender reputation, um, which I kind of liken to like um, SEO kind of stuff where it's like, okay, Google ranks people based on how much people are engaging with the content on the websites and how valuable it is and all that sort of stuff. There's a sender reputation that Gmail has, that Apple Inbox has, that Outlook has, and they sit in there and figure out, is this person sending emails that people want to read and engage with? And they check, you know, are they opening? Are they clicking? Are they replying? All of that stuff. So we definitely want to get people engaging with our emails. Now, according to a few sources, they say it's about 120 days. So if you email everyone, um, email someone on your list like once a week for 120 days, and they never open an email, once you get past that, it's going to start sending some bad signals um, to those. And then that's how you can end up in spam. So if you've got a whole bunch of those people that are just not engaging at all, not opening at all, all of a sudden you might find overnight, literally, that all of a sudden it, it reassesses your sender reputation and put up some red flags and now you're in spam. Yeah. So that is the technical reason why you definitely want to be cleaning up your list on a regular basis. I aim for about quarterly. Um, as long as someone's been on my list that whole time and they haven't done any engagement during that time, I let them go with love because from a, you know, person to person standpoint, I don't want to be, you know, getting it in, in someone's face. that's not interested. You know, I'm not that des. I'm not coming from this spirit of desperation. There are, you know, I'm letting go subscribers to make room <laughs> 
yeah, for, for the ones that are going to be, be really connect with me. And there's tons of reasons why people unsubscribe and, or don't open emails that have nothing to do with you. Um, they could be literally they're just decluttering because that's something we do and we unsubscribe from everything. Or it could be they found a solution, whether it's through you or someone else, or they've just outgrown that stage of their life. You know, there's so many reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with oh, I find that person annoying. I'd say that probably be one in a hundred and a lot less than that if you're barely even emailing in the first place. I know because when you start out with your email database and if you get uh, your first couple of unsubscribes, it's absolutely, it just does your heart in and you feel like actually contacting them and saying, look, I'm really sorry. Was this something I did? And then you realize, oh, hang on. I've unsubscribed to quite a few emails over the past, you know, six months or so. So, and I had no personal reason for it so you know I that and that like I say also with socials when you get unfollowed it's the best thing that can happen for you because it means that you're actually opening yourself up for more people and it helps your engagement rate same with emails so I try to say to people um yeah that it's not a problem it's a good thing and you should be doing it yourself every quarter because I agree um going through and making sure you're cleaning out your house as such uh, to make sure that you're only open for people who want to be there. And yep. I think that that has to be, you know, the best course of action. You only yep. want to be talking to people who really want to be talking Yeah, nobody wants, likes that desperate energy no. um, that you're hanging around. And, and you don't need it. Don't, don't look at the unsubscribes. Look at the positive statistics. Look at the opens. Look at people clicking. Look at the sales. Yeah, <laughs> as long right. as your and- sales, you know, in terms, you know, are, are doing all right you're doing fine. That's 100%. And I think it's a matter of um, making sure your open rates are are really where they should be and maybe looking at if they're not, why is that? Providing a a call to action and things for people to do within your email so you can actually give them a process of where to go next and um, making sure that you're tagging in any actions or any links in there so you can see what people are are clicking on I think they're the basics for email if you were going to do any sort of um further than just sending an email I think they're sort of the basics to start with would you agree something along those lines you just got to think about you know people having their heads somehow that email is like this one-way traffic it is not it is a two-way relationship if you're emailing your best friend, you're expecting a reply. Now, obviously, you're not expecting replies from everyone on your database, but you still come at it with that conversational approach. We are not in a formal business, you know, your sincerely environment. These are casual conversations. Um, and so opening up and asking specific questions for replies or just giving yeah, plenty of opportunities for people to click through and just making them really, really obvious, but also not overwhelming people. Mm. Um, Don't put too many things in there. Don't have five different articles and give them a menu of choice. Focus on one action, one thing you want them to do in any given email, keeping it nice and short. So I call this like sending less, but more often, Mm. and just giving them the one thing so they can just look at it, glance at it, and know what it is they need to do instead of look at it and go, oh, that's too much. I don't have time for that. Yes, maybe you can add in like a PS or some featured products or something additional um but the main focus of the email try to keep it to just one thing you want them to do yeah yeah because that's all we've got brain space enough for these days 100 percent. (laughs) yes now 
it has been awesome and we could um next step my maybe a part two once people have gone through this we can go through <laughs> yes i can talk as you say as i said i can talk about this for hours i have because <laughs> i don't want to yeah i don't want to confuse anyone because i know you and i could go on to automations and processes and Facebook ads and how they lead to lead, you know, you, all of that. So um, we'll park that for a, a part two because I think that that would be important too. But for this stage, we want people to understand why they need email which um, and that it can form part of an overall marketing strategy in addition to your social media and being proactive in growing that database, allowing uh, lead magnets or reasons for people to sign up, um, making sure that when you send it out, you are selling, but you're backing that up with value and other things that people can be getting something from in exchange for that email so that they feel like they're part of your online community. And as you said, naming it something like your VIP club or your um, anything that can make it feel like they're inclusive and part of a group, I think is wonderful when it comes to email. Now, you are the queen at this. So where can people find out more about you? Because I know you've got a bootcamp launching and you've, you've got your own emails. I get your emails, so I know they're going out. How can people get on your list or find out more about you? Yep. So um, first place to go is yeah, just to my website, yaelkeon.com, Y-A-E-L-K-E-O-N.com. Um, so you'll have whatever my main <laughs> lead magnet is um, right up there. So at any given time that works. But as you mentioned, I do have an email marketing boot camp coming up. So this is for people who are finally getting started with email marketing or needing to get restarted <laughs> because that's what happens as well. And over the course of four days, I'll be covering some really key topics. So I'll be talking about doing email marketing your way. I'll be talking about what you can send that feels aligned to you and what your audience wants. I'll talk about, you know, the tech, what's the best software for you? And also the six steps for setting up your email marketing. So that's absolutely free. Um, we're starting that on June 20th. So I think this episode's out in time for that. And that people can sign up for at yalekeown.com forward slash bootcamp. Um, also, you can probably find me on Instagram, also at Yale Keown, <laughs> and I'll have links to everything in there as well. Um, so, yeah, if you were, if you do listen to this before then, absolutely sign up for that because um, that's going to be all the value, all the basics, and actually get you going. But if it's after that, you know, just find me on socials and yeah, and my website, and we'll have. Yeah, and your, your podcast is is great. And in your emails, you send out links to episodes you've got and things that you're going on so people can sign up to that as well. Um, because I think when it comes to email, it's a little bit confusing to start off with. You don't quite know what content to put on there. So that's why the boot camp's great. And also we didn't really get to what sort of um, software to start off with. There are many softwares um, um so as a final point what sort of software would you recommend people to look into at least you know to have a have a look at if they're starting out in the email marketing world yeah so i'm definitely not of the camp that you know i'm not i'm not one of those people who tells you you have to use certain software because i'm an affiliate for them or that's the one i happen to teach i teach um five <laughs> different software um and it all, it, the answer is, of course, it depends on your business type. It depends on your stage. Um, it depends, you know, on what you want to get out of the software. Um, but if I was to give a short answer <laughs> and my personal recommendations, if you are just starting out, um, I think MailerLite is a great choice. Um, very simple to use, free to start with. Um, if you are 
and it has also basic e-commerce capabilities as well. If you're an e-commerce business and you want something that does a little bit of the sexy stuff, I love Clavio. I think that is, it makes it really easy for you because there's a lot of templates that set everything up for you. Um, and then personally, I actually use Active Campaign. I really love it for all its tech capabilities and all the automation possibilities. Um, but to me, there isn't any, well, there are a couple of bad ones, but there isn't, the majority of them will do the job. Yeah. So you just need to understand them a little bit. But to me, the one that's supposed for you is the one you're actually going to use. So if you yeah. go to sign up for something because someone said it's the best, but you just find it clunky and hard to navigate and you're like, oh, email marketing, I don't like it. It's too hard. It's not email marketing. It's the software because it doesn't, if, if you can't figure it out, it's it, it's the software because you will find one that works for you. So please don't be discouraged if you've tried one and you're just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, because really the best one is the one you're going to use. So if you find one that doesn't have all the bells and whistles, that might not be considered the best, but you find it easy and it means that you actually send those emails, that's the one. Yes, that's the one that's you should be using. 100%. Because at the moment, like I'd said um, before we started, um, I'd always use Active Campaign and then, um, and obviously, a separate lead, um, mag, uh, lead pages for my sales pages, et cetera. But yeah, so when I um, moved uh, to my online course and everything, it was just easier to have it all in one. And I do mine on Kajabi now. It doesn't have any of the bells and whistles, but it sends an email. It links to all of my products. It does what I want it to do. And this is and what you have to all, think about. Like, and that's what all I needed. dots do you need to connect? Yeah. Because if you can automate things like from your calendar booking system into yeah. email software, that makes your life a whole lot easier. And if the two don't connect, you know, yeah. but it will connect with something else, that. Yeah. Sometimes that's the best way to go. So there's so many factors um, that come into it, which is why I've got a whole day of the bootcamp dedicated to a whole section <laughs> in my email marketing program about it. So, um, that. but that's the short answer. I love Just that. So guys, you need something. to get onto the bootcamp. If you want to know how to get through all this, you need to go on the bootcamp. So get on there. Uh, Yael's got it all set up so you can get in and get the most information out. And that's why I love bootcamps because you come away with so much info to action right there and that's what yep. we all need now because we're running out of time to do anything so information straight to the point action I love that <laughs> yep. well it's been amazing to have you on the podcast today and people go check her out find out how your email can actually make a difference and get those sales coming in for you and um, thank you so much and I'll be following all your emails of course and uh, online and um, yeah thank you so much yep, thank you so much for having me um, yeah I can't believe we just chatted so so easily for so long it's awesome love it email love it get on it people it's the only place to be especially when algorithms gonna you know drive us nuts on <laughs> yeah. social yeah i really right, don't want to have to do these reels but no <laughs> well, you know maybe one reel just not five a day all right see ya see ya <laughs>